Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. We really want to play for each other. How much do we really love this game? How much do we love this team? Um, and I don't question at all our effort. It'll come down to like blocking and tackling. Like you can try really hard still. I could still miss the block on you, right? I could still miss the tackle. It's going to come down to technique and execution and playing fast and playing hard. Um, but I expect us to play well. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio, I want to tell you about our friends at Alumni Hall. They are your ultimate Husker shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family, whether you want clothes, gifts, accessories, stuff for your tailgate, whatever you need, Alumni Hall has you covered. They also have a discount for UNL students, faculty, and military, always 10% off. Or you can get a hall pass rewards to earn cash. Oh, a hall back. pass. You can it's get a, a hall pass for, for clothing? For cash So I could, I could tell my fiancé, like, hey, like, do I have a hall pass to spend a ton of money at Alumni Hall? Absolutely, because you're going to get cash back when you do it. They've got two great locations in Lincoln, P Street downtown or South Point Pavilion, or anytime at AlumniHall.com. The Alum- apparel there, too, is unbelievable. Oh, it's like, terrific. It's just like what the coaches wear. Yeah. Like, you see Coach Rule in that red hoodie yesterday. With, like, the script the hoodie, the hoodie, Nebraska. The, the sleeveless hoodie. Yeah. Like, you can get that at Alumni Hall. Absolutely. The brown hat that I wear with the trucker patch, Alumni Hall. Like, I really, really thoroughly – I don't say this often. I really thoroughly enjoy the items that Alumni Hall pushes out. Absolutely. They've got great stuff over there. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, and support the people that support us. Uh, one of our favorite people is Michael Rose Ivy. He joins us now, former Husker. He is a football coach in high school down in Missouri now. MRI, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, doing good. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. As Nebraska gets ready for Northwestern, you know, Coach Rule had a lot to say this week. He had some, some pretty uh, interesting moments at his press conferences you know, I, the thing that I keep coming back to is, you know, he kept talking about how Northwestern is a really good team. And I know he's talking to his players, right, because that's what he's admitted that's what he's doing in a lot of these press conferences. But how hard is it when you're in that locker room, when you know, like, deep down these guys know that Northwestern isn't very good, right? How do you – how hard is it to kind of know that in the back of your head that an opponent probably is inferior but still know that if you don't play – the way you're capable of that you're definitely capable of losing that game like how does that balance work in your head as a player i think for the current context of nebraska i think we can't take any team lightly you know even after coming off of the illinois wins i mean it's just about consistency and putting together you know two three four good weeks in a row so um i think for them and, and, and right now i think their biggest thing is you know continue to prove you know uh, prove themselves right, you know, in, in, in their approach and you know, how they've done things. You know, coming back with the Sunday practice, and um, there's a lot of a lot of guys have been around practice this week, so it's been pretty uplifting after all the all that stuff that's happened and the positive noise. So I, I think they understand that this is just another an opponent that they should you know take care of, um, and, and you know just go out there and, and play football, put good film on the uh, on the tape, and um, you know just do your assignment and play good football. I think. I think, like I said, the context of where Nebraska has been, I don't think they're taking anyone lightly. You know, and I think Rule wants to really set, you know, set, set the, set the plays, uh, the path for them to get to where, you know, he sees them, you know, being um, in the next couple of years. So I don't think he's taking anybody lightly. Um, I don't think he's going to play it either. 
Michael, all week long we've been talking about Heisman moments on this show and how important they are for those candidates. But what about moments that define a season? Do you think the Huskers accomplish that with their goal line stand against Illinois? Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, it depends. I guess it depends on what happens afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if you give up, you know, 32 points to the Northwestern this week, then, you know, it's off or not. You know, like, I think it's kind of like the first question. It's more so the consistency and just seeing those guys come out and play, you know, two, three good weeks of football. You know, obviously hitting adversity, but, you know, you can't keep, you know, getting adversity and getting to the one-yard line, right, the second stop, right? Uh, so there's some things probably within that drive. I know Coach White is looking at, like, hey, we would be down here if XYZ to happen or, um, you know, uh, other other things may have uh, occurred. So um, again, I think I think they're just they're more focused on process, being process oriented and approach, and, and again, uh, you know, how you do everything. You know, is, is more the most important thing, um, and doing it the right way and doing it how they're being coached. Michael, uh, Coach Rule said one of the hardest things about his job at that level is maintaining scholarship numbers and and kind of roster management in general. What's one of the hardest things you've kind of had to deal with as you've become a, a head coach at the high school level? Like, like, what are some of the challenges there that maybe translate to, to what Matt Rule's facing, whether it's in roster management or, or any other phase? Playing time. Hmm. Parents and playing time. Parents and playing time. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know what it is, man. Year two, year two has been a lot more interesting than year one. I'll tell you that. Um, I've had the, you know, my son's grandpa is going to be in town from out of state. You know, can he start to play a couple series? I, you know, I've, I've got, I've gotten it all. So it's been pretty interesting. But I would say probably playing time and, you know, trying to keep everyone's egos intact, which, uh, you know, it seems to be pretty difficult with, uh, with this younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> is that something you noticed at all when you were playing in college? Like, were, were people's – because I know now, you know, I, I coached basketball at a lower level but in college, but, like, so I understand what you're saying with parents and playing time I, I for get sure. it too. Is there – is that it's, something it's, it's you noticed weird, when you were playing as well? I mean, it's not really. I mean, I think it's weird. Parents are much, they're more involved but aren't involved, if that, make, if that makes sense, in the, in the weirdest way. You know, in that sense, like, you know, the important things, like if I send an email out about grades, you know, I may get two or three emails back from parents. Mm-hmm. But if it's about playing time or if it's about, you know, <laughs> wearing the jersey on Friday or who can come eat on Friday before the game, you know, then it's the mass of hysteria. And it's like, where are the priorities? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't. And when I was in college, no, I mean, I, even I talked to college coaches. I mean, parents call call up there probably more more now. And, and you know, why is my son not playing? And you got to answer those questions. It's like, you know, I I, I just remember Bo Pelini's rule. I mean, he always said, "Hey, you got a problem with where you sit at the depth chart? Call your parents, tell me, and we'll put up the film. We'll watch practice together. We'll watch the game together. <laughs> what your assignment was, and then we'll pull out your academic record. Okay, he was late for class here, and it's, you know, when, when you got when you got something like that that's waiting for you on the other end, it's kind of hard to. You know, you know, tell one story to the parents and, and you know, live a whole rea- another reality with the coaches. Well, it's an, um, it's inevitable. It, it all is yeah. inevitable at the high school level because, you know, your kid's perfect, right? <laughs> Not, nothing, <laughs> nothing happens. Like, they, they, they're, they're the number one. Um, yeah, I, Ravi gets it. I get it. You obviously get it. Uh, no. Something I think about, though, with this, uh, with this Nebraska team, like in games that they've lost and games that they've won, there's always 
things to get better at. Um, so my question to you is, is a good way to describe this group, the one currently in Lincoln, one that is chasing excellence? Because the buy-in's there, the hunt is there, and now it's just awaiting results to all that work time. Yeah, like yeah, I think they're definitely on that hunt. And I think they want a consistent approach, you know, and there's no shot or how maybe somebody else you know, builds the roster or manages the season or however the however, however way it goes. But, you know, for them, I, I really do believe, you know, a lot of coaches will come in, you know, first year and they'll say we're process-oriented, you know, we're not trying to, you know, we're trying to build, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's very genuine in, like I said, their approach, um, how they detail things out for the kids. Um, and and just, just, again, I think their approach, you know, they're, they're in this for the long haul. And again, like the work's been put in, like you said, the buy-in's there. It's just a matter of getting those results and staying persistent for it, you know, because, like I said, we can get a little bit of success or, you know, get through a little bit of adversity, but are we ready for the next level of adversity or next for, uh, are we ready for the next level of success, right, or the next level of, you know, possible, you know, failure, right? So I think, again, just consistency in the, in the approach, I think, is definitely letting you know that they're process-oriented. They want to duplicate this success for years to come. So, um, you know, obviously, you get those results and, and you'll be able to do that. Michael, I'm curious because I know you said you're in year two, right, at your high school, so you're trying to build something the same way Coach Rule's trying to build something. Is it difficult because Andrew and I were talking about this earlier. Like right now, if Nebraska plays up to the best of their ability, there's still games on the schedule, particularly Michigan, which I don't think they played up to their best of ability. But if Nebraska plays an A game against Michigan, there's still a pretty good chance that they lose. Is that hard to, as you're building a program and getting things going, is it hard to both instill confidence in your team and at the same time understand that, hey, we can play an A game and against certain teams we're still not winning yet? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think, obviously, I mean, it, it, it's the kind of the view of being the fan that's been a fan of Nebraska made for 20, 30, 40, 50-plus years, and the coach has been there one year. You know, and I think he got maybe a little flat kind of for it, I think, earlier, you know, uh, in his tenure kind of, you know, a little talking a little bit of the difference between, you know, the last half and his staff. But I, I think um, I think for them – it really is just a matter of again the, the approach and how they're doing things. They're being process oriented, and it's like I would rather go out and win or lose by ten and give Michigan a hard fight. It's easier to come back on. You don't have a Sunday practice, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you go and lose by ten. So the confidence I think is, is 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 there to build, but it's harder to build when you're coming off something like that, and then you have to do a drastic measure like the practice. So again, I think it's all in their approach and like the their the, the process, you know, and. and being able to play in those close games, it, it does help, you know, I think push that needle a little bit more into the buy-in. But, again, I think you, you found a way for, you know, you kind of jump off a clip, per se, you know, versus Michigan, and, and you're able to ring the boys back in and bring them back in and come back and have a good week of practice and go out and beat Illinois in a pretty dominating fashion. So, you know, I, I think there's there's two sides to the coin, and I think, you know, you have, as a head coach, you got to be able to, you know, whatever, whatever comes up when the coin is tossed, you know, you got to be able to play play off of the defense, <laughs> just like kickoff. Michael, I'm going to ask you to put yourself in the role of a Nebraska coach here. During the bye week, you collectively gathered all the film from the first six weeks, antsy to figure out the best way to attack going forward and the best way to clean up those mistakes. What's the number one thing, though, that you're looking for or at based on everything that you've seen so far, and how do you go about working that failure into a success in the final six weeks? 
I think you look at film and you try to break down basically pods. So, you know, obviously there's 22 people on the field, but as you look at, for instance, like, hey, Nebraska, if they were struggling on, you know, tackling bubble reads, right, and, and you know, number two running the bubble and swinging out and they throwing it to the receiver and the other receiver's blocking, they're struggling with that tackling. Well, then I'm going to look at it as a coach, right? Okay, I need to figure out, am I drilling this right now? No, if I'm not, right, I need to come up with some type of drill that's going to reinforce, hey, we're just something we've been struggling with. We've been looking at We've been giving up, you know, yards after catch or yards after contact here on this play. Let's let's find a way to break this down to just these three people that are main people involved in it, and let's focus their eyes and focus all their attention on making this play. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, a, a lot of coaches use those vibes and do self-studies more, more importantly. Um, and look at their sales and look at how they're calling stuff, what's the frequency they're calling things and where they're calling it um, to kind of adjust their, their, their scheme and, and how they're attacking the defense or offense. Um, but I think the most important part, I think, like I said, is looking at film, finding ways to um, to correct some, some, some drills, individual drills from coach, individual coaches, period, uh, just to help players emphasize right, and reinforce maybe some things that uh, you spoke about in the spring or the fall. Michael, as we focus our attention more to Northwestern tomorrow, um, as you've seen Nebraska, as I'm sure you've you've seen Northwestern a little bit as well, where are some key areas that you're going to be looking for for Nebraska um, early on in the game? What are going to be some key indicators that they're playing the way you think they need to? Running the football, obviously. I think being successful, successful first down. Um, you know, Northwestern always been notorious, been but don't break on defense, and you know they'll play everything in front of them. Uh, but I think being able to run the ball, seeing if you can be physical up front, um, be able to take some flash and shot. Uh, I think defensively, you know, Northwestern's given up quite a few sacks. Um, but getting at the quarterback, lifting, uh, putting pressure in his face, um, you know, obviously, I think, of, you know, with looking at their offense, kind of you know, similar to what they've been running, you know, on third down, they'll get into a lot of mess concepts and crossing routes. So be interested to see, you know, how much man to man they'll play on, on, on third down and uh, second down and long. Um, but again, I, I think getting pressure on, on defense is going to be vital, um, and, and then finding you know what is your answer to those those crossing routes. You know, we've seen it, you know, the past you know shoot, since I was there. Um, you know, be a third down and eight. You know, crossing route go across the field and it's the first down, uh, especially against Northwestern. So you know, take that away from them. You know, Northwestern uses a lot of uh, cluster and bunch sets to go get the receivers close, so you can't really press. So again, to see what kind of Coach White's answer will be to that. But again, I think offensively run the football, uh, be physical, and you know, be there to throw the ball officially. But you know, we'll see. Michael, after losing to Minnesota in Week One, Colorado Week Two, would you say you still expected the Huskers to be 500 at this point, halfway through the season, or is it more of a surprise to you that they're in the position they are today, where they could be four and three come Sunday? No, I think I think this is about right. You know, you know, plus minus. You know, or plus one more win, maybe you know, uh, you can come out with that Minnesota win possibly. Um, you know, Colorado was obviously you know they're rolling early and uh, had some uh, some some skill advantages there. Um, so I think I think where they are. I mean, obviously, as a coach, you you play the game a thousand, maybe a million different ways in your head throughout the off season, and uh, it never really quite works out the way you 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 thought it all those times. So I think I think from where they where they. They come from and where they've been. I think this is a good spot for them to be. You know, to be able to be four and three after this week, and, and you know, still be able to compete and get closer to that bowl, that uh, bowl eligibility. 
Michael, we'll get you out of here on this, put you on the spot a little bit here. You have a, uh, you have a prediction on how you think this game's going to go for Nebraska? Yeah, I think it'll be a defensive defensive battle. I think um, I, I think it'll end up being a you know twenty three sixteen twenty seventeen type game. You know, a couple field goals. Um, you know, special teams have to be very important. Um, but just seeing them dom- you know, in a dominating fashion, you know, be able to run the ball, stop the run, um, and, and just play you know good good, good clean football. Michael Rose Ivy, former Husker, uh, current high school football coach, MRI. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Michael. Good stuff there from Michael Rose Ivy, as always, on that Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. Um, some interesting stuff in there. You know, it's always uh, interesting to get his perspective, as obviously he played for Nebraska, but under a a very different regime under Bo Pelini. You know, and so talking to a ghost. <laughs> I just had this mental picture of parents trying to call up Bo Pelini to get their kids more playing time, and how that would have well, gone. I mean, knowing his personality, yeah, I, and and knowing how he carried his business, <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall a for a parent yeah, to yeah. actually like if if they moved forward with their claim to show up, sit down with Bo, watch the player, film. watch film, yeah. look at grades, all that, and just hear the conversation because Bo didn't take anything from anyone. No, I can just imagine him and Carl sitting in on that meeting, just dropping f bombs at, at the nope. parent and. <laughs> yeah, uh, if the transfer portal—if the transfer portal was a thing back then, uh, you would have seen that player get ripped out so fast, like a band-aid yeah. on a child. Whenever you're like, "Hey, it won't hurt," chink. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no, it's wild though. That yeah, just imagining parents trying to call Bo is is hilarious <laughs> to me. Um, Maybe that should be a segment. <laughs> just, just just parents calling Bo. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. those conversations would go. No, I mean, MRI's right, though. There's, um, you know, it it happens at all levels um, where these parents just, they, they try and get involved in coaching decisions and things like that. And listen, I'll be the first to admit that coaches get blind spots sometimes, right? They get, they think a certain way about a player and sometimes it's difficult for them to adjust their viewpoint Mm -hmm. um, based on new information because they kind of get it in their head that like, oh, this is who he is and this is kind of what he's capable of and more importantly, sometimes what he's not capable of and it can be difficult and I know for a fact it happened while I was coaching that I would get blind spots on certain guys and I've seen it with other coaching staffs as well and so it's, it's really interesting to think about because that's one of the things that I really push back on when, you know, listeners or other fans say, you know, hey, don't you think the coaches know better? And I was like, yeah, a lot of times they do, but they're also people who are not perfect. And you kind of carry these biases, make it sound negative. And it, it, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But you carry these kind of preconceived notions about, about players from one season to the next or from one practice to the next. And it changes how you view a guy. And to think that that doesn't happen at Division One or NFL or wherever else is just to assume that these guys aren't human beings, and they are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's – I mean, you you saw it. I'm sure you've seen it just in your first coaching stint oh, here. I'm thinking about a lot of different scenarios right Nebraska now. Nebraska prospects, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's – it's, it's really hard to break out of the rut of what you already think about mm-hmm. a person or a thing or a situation. And that's the same thing whether you're coaching, you know, fall ball, baseball, or whether you're coaching NAI basketball or whether you're coaching Division One football. 
like there's maybe they're a little bit better at it. You've got more people on staff to try and hopefully set you straight. Right. If you're if you are off on something, but it happens to everybody. Now the back end of to kind of build off what you were saying there, I would I would still say Division One football and NAIA basketball and the way that you were talking about it mm-hmm. still had a little. It was a little bit different than what I did in fall ball. Because sure, fall ball is more development. Right? Yeah, we're yeah. getting them ready yeah. to play for the spring. Doesn't Your mean goals that are different. doesn't mean that coaching changes. Right. It's just as you said, the goals are completely different. Mm-hmm. But there were moments in time where you know we even had one incident that. Uh, it's a lot of tournaments. Like that's what you play in mm-hmm. the fall. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do a lot of practice throughout the week, like twice a week, and then and then you have a tournament on the weekend. Trying to knock out as right. many games as possible on a weekend. So um, there there was a moment where we uh, had a, we were trying to save our best catcher. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was by far the the furthest along on the team, but we wanted to save him for bracket play. Mm-hmm. Well, you play. What is it? You play two games before bracket play. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were mixing in some of our other catchers on the team, and then uh, we because we you're playing several right. games a day, right? Like that's- well, you play well, you play two on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then bracket play would normally be on Sunday. Okay, uh, but it's hot outside. Yeah, you know, you know, we're trying to save bodies, save save arms, especially save, a catcher, save everything, yeah. right? Um, and so there was there was some moments where us coaches are thinking like, hey, this is the best route to take for the team. Mm-hmm. But in parents' minds, if their son is not playing and, and the position that, like, you know, mm-hmm. he's the best one in the group at, it can look a little bit different. So trying to get that understanding across mm-hmm. can be difficult. And I think that's a lot what Michael Rose Ivy was saying mm-hmm. more times than not about playing time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not always about, like, hey, one person's better than the other. A lot of times it is. Sure. But yeah. sometimes it's just, no, I have a strategy on how mm-hmm. to use your son and the best way to help the team. Now, where it bit me, bit me and my head coach in the behind was we ended up getting – we were first out of bracket play, mm-hmm. first team out, so which means we got sent home. Yeah. So our strategy didn't work out for the player. Right. So, of course, you're like, w- w- I'll own that. Yeah. I, w- I will 100% own that, but I wanted to make sure that – our, our guy knew that he was going to catch a ton that next weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, what my message across to him was that. Yeah, it's the communication part. But that's, that's so difficult sometimes for, for those that aren't in the dugout to understand. Sure. Because in the fall, a lot of times, too, we wanted to let guys work through their own struggles. Sure, yeah. We absolutely. did that with one of our pitchers a lot, too. We probably left him in a little bit too long. To see uh, if we could get through it. But, but those are things that we hope come spring mm-hmm. that they can figure out on their own without a coach's help because we instilled that in them five six months ago yeah it's like what we've seen in it's a lot of what we've seen with Nebraska football right is they were trying to get guys reps in lower leverage situations so that they know what to expect when they're on the field so that when you need that guy in a higher leverage situation he's not trying to drink through a fire hose and keep his head above water and just whatever other metaphor you want to use of trying to figure it out, you get these guys reps and you teach them how to overcome some of their uh, adversity and stuff like that in situations where it, it probably won't cost you the game, right? Or it won't cost you anything. Like, fall ball's developmental league, right? So 
that's lower leverage than spring. Mm -hmm. You get them some reps against Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois when you're up, that's lower leverage than Big Ten Conference play. And it seems like that's a lot of what uh, Coach Rule, Coach White, and Coach Satterfield have done. Uh, coming up next, we're going to play a little game. A new game. We've got a new game here as we're halfway through the show on Herd at Sports Radio.